Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Welcome to episode 164 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the second episode of January 2016, and the Daikaiju discussion for Gamera 3. I am joined here in the studio by my co-hosts for the evening. Say hello, Brian. Hey, what's up? And Rachel. Hello. And Dave is here as well. Hey, boys and girls. And we are going to be watching the 1999 film Gamera 3. We uh, do have some requests, actually, and we are going to fill those requests right now. We'll start things off with In the Jungle by Alexandre Desplat from Godzilla 2014 for Will.
we started things off with In the Jungle from Godzilla 2014, and then we moved on to The Guardian Beast from Gamera 3 by Ko Otani. That was a request from Jacob. And that, once again, class, brings us to our Daikaiju discussion. Every month, the Kaiju cast showcases one film from the giant monster landscape and tasks the listeners with submitting their thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. Thanks to an online tool, I have randomly assigned one film to each month, ensuring that this podcast will keep going indefinitely. <laughs> Forever, perhaps. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Uh, so this month we we're looking at like literally one of my favorite kaiju films ever made in 1999, the trilogy closer to Gamera Guardian of the Universe and Gamera 2 Advent of Legion was released in March of 1999 and uh, literally rewrote the definition of what a awesome kaiju experience was in my book. Now. We've talked about Gamera Guardian of the Universe here on the podcast. We've talked about Gamera 2, Advent of Legion. But because we did things like out of crazy order here, I think it might be kind of a good idea to just sort of rehash how we felt about those first two movies just a little bit before we go watch the next in the trilogy. And, that, you know, we've all seen this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, Heck yeah. So, uh, Brian, you told us about your experience watching Gamera Guardian of the Universe before. Yep. Uh, and so how do you feel about Gamera Guardian of the Universe today after, good Lord, what, we're 15 years? <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a classic. This whole trilogy is just classic to me. But yeah, that first one is is amazing. I just rewatched it for this episode, and it still holds up like crazy. It's awesome. Amazing. Awesome. Rachel, Gamera Guardian of the Universe, do you, do you still dig that film? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. no doubt. It's fantastic. It, it is one that... I will continually recommend to everybody, really. Right but, on, right on. Yeah. And then, Dave, you, of course, have seen Gamma Guardian of the Universe before, Absolutely. and uh, and I'm assuming you're a fan. It's magnificent. No, it's like it's like one of those those scenes that plays in my head for like no reason. Yeah. Every once in a while, there's just uh, having had just kaiju movies being like they had been. Up until then, and that scene where Gamera is first squaring off against Gauss, and he just sort of vomits that first fireball. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. It it's is so good. So just the the effects and the attention to detail and the way that his neck swells and just all of these other things, which just are light years beyond. The sort of Gamera hand puppet that we were used to. From oh years yeah, absolutely. Prior. Mm-hmm. Magnificent. Absolutely. Love it. Can't, not enough good to say about it. Same thing for Gamera two. I mean, when Gamera two came out, I was blown away by, and I, I was absolutely. already blown away by Gamera Guardian of the Universe. When I saw when I saw that movie, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is like a great kaiju film. And then when Gamera two came out. I was like, how can any movie be better than, than this effects wise and quality wise? I mean, it doesn't hold up as well for me anymore as it did when I, when I was a, a 22, 23 year old when it came out. And I, I mean, it was definitely one of those movies that, uh, did I say 20? Oh my gosh. It is, is that true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it came out in 96 or 97. All right then. It's getting up there. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay, so <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. So you guys, Gamera 2? Oh, yeah. Also, oh, great impact, yeah? No, mm-hmm. there's no question. I would actually, it's funny, on the way over here, I was thinking about this, and just the three movies together, you know, it's like, you know, how you and I were alone for, like, Big Man Japan and some of the yeah, other yeah. movies. There are, like, there are ma- the majority of the movies that we watch here, there's room for discussion. You know, Big Man Japan, even, you know, uh, uh, Death Kappa, you know, it's like, you could hate it. You could like it. True. Where, where true, do yeah. you fall? Even GMK. Wow, that Ghidra looked terrible. You know, I mean, there's room for discussion. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, these three Gamma movies, the only discussion is how much did you love it? <laughs> right. <laughs> I've, never met, I've never met any kaiju fan who's been like ambivalent about these three movies. Sure. And they're also maybe, yeah. maybe the maybe homework will we, prove me uh We do we do have one at least. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to punch him. <laughs> punch him in the throat. Well, we are going to play the English language trailer and then we'll be right back after we watch the movie. Her past is her curse. Her loss is her rage. And her union, her undoing. A mistake. A battle. A nemesis. A legend. Gamera is back. And this time, in order to protect the Earth's serenity, he must face an adversary more deadly than ever before. More powerful than the Legion. And stronger than Japan's mighty military. Gamera's new adversary fuels its will of destruction by far more dangerous means. Religion, hatred, and revenge. Gamera 3, The Revenge of Iris. That was horrible. That, that was, was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was so A bad. A turtle. <laughs> The ADV. Uh, that was the ADV trailer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. We're gonna we're gonna wash that away with just this quick little the teaser trailer music that I saw when I first watched the movie. Just finished watching Gamera 3 or Gamera 1999, Absolute Guardian of the Universe. <laughs> or, I like that one better. Uh, so good, yeah. Baby. yeah, it's funny because they actually had like several different titles thrown about either in marketing materials or the movie itself or the trailer or uh, even some of the, the figures had like, you know, Absolute Guardian of the Universe on the actual card backs and stuff like that. So <laughs> it was an interesting, interesting to you know, try and figure out like what is the actual title. 
Well, and also what happened between Gamera Guardian of the Universe and this one that they had, they felt that they had to. No, no, no. He's the absolute Guardian. (laughs) (laughs) They had that ripoff movie. Let's not make any any mistake about this. Joe, Guardian of the Universe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guardian of the Universe. Yes. The third one. Totally. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, I mean, obviously we've seen this movie before. I'll just go out and say I've probably seen this movie Almost as many times as I've seen Monster Zero. Whoa. Yeah. It's, uh, I've seen it a lot. And that's because I was really excited for it when it came out. Like this was probably the first kaiju movie that came out when I was aware that I wish I could see a kaiju film and I got to see it in the theater. So that's like a double bonus slam dunk for me. Uh, that's true. And I was also the webmaster of the Shrine of Gamera at the time. So. Yeah. This is a perfect storm of kaiju geekdom yeah, 12 for you, stars <laughs> out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Brian, tell me your history of, of watching Gamera 3. Well, uh, I loved it, uh, when it first came out and I love it now. Uh, I actually, I was just thinking while we were watching it that I wish I could relive, uh, I wish I could get rid of all of my memories of the movie because the ending had such a big effect on me and, not that it doesn't anymore, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it had such a massive, uh, impact on me, uh, all the events of the ending, which uh, I got, I can get into a little bit later, but sure. Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, you need my memory. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> I can't Rachel. remember movies at all. <laughs> yeah. She forgets movies a lot. So I get to show her the same movies over and over. It's awesome. Actually. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I've always been, I, I was, uh, this was back in the day when we were getting bootleg videos of yeah, these kind of movies. Yeah. So I remember I was, it well. <laughs> I was definitely eagerly awaiting this, uh, as a bootleg video. And, and, you know, now I have it on DVD and Blu-ray and all that. It's a, it's definitely a classic. I haven't seen it as many times as you. I haven't seen as many as Monster Zero, but, uh, I've definitely seen it probably about, about 10 times maybe more so yeah well you know this was one of those films that like i was buying every single version of it as it came out like oh no i need the best copy possible yeah. you know so like first thing was a actually i didn't buy a theater a copy i didn't buy one where someone set up a camera in the movie theater to to record it <laughs> yeah the first one i bought was on vhs which yeah. was a japanese dupe and then that it, I think had subtitles. And then, you know, as soon as it came out on DVD in Japan, I bought a bootleg copy of that. And as soon as it came out on DVD in the States, I bought that. And it was just like, wow. and I, I remember like, of course, when it came out on Blu-ray, I actually very, came very close to buying the Japanese Blu-ray set. Uh, and then I was like, oh, no, I've got it on DVD and it's so perfect just as is. So mm-hmm. maybe I should just hold off. And then they came out with the, um, this, what was this? It was this Mill Creek. Yeah. Mill Creek is, yeah. So Mill Creek released it and they screwed up the subtitles really badly. And so a whole bunch of Godzilla fans, I guess I should say Gamera fans in this, this sense, uh, I think you should. We, we got really upset and, uh, people let them know and they basically they, you could mail in your, your cover for the DVD or the Blu ray, excuse me. And then they would, mail you back a fixed blu-ray hmm. copy and, and even even though it's fixed still <laughs> there's still some flaws with those really? subtitles yeah what was yeah what was the big issue with the subtitles uh there were entire conversations that were completely unsubtitled there would be That's conversations that was like 
one person would say something and it would be subtitled and the second person would respond and it wouldn't be subtitled. And then the, oh my and God. the first person would <laughs> oh, say something again and they'd be subtitled. So you'd be like, I'm getting half to none of some of <laughs> yeah. this. That you know? is unacceptable. It was pretty unacceptable, I have to say. But yeah. Mill Creek, uh, you know, they did a good thing by by creating the program. And then they spread the word out. So like we told people, oh, yeah. Sci-Fi yeah. Japan told a bunch of people, I'm sure. And uh, and they they fixed the problem, I would say. And then, of course, they've been releasing other other uh, gamma movies on on Blu-ray as well, so that's pretty cool. Anyway, I did not mean to uh, take things away from you, Rachel. No Tell problem. Me about, when did you when did you see this movie first? Um, I I think I first saw it probably in I'm guessing around 2005, 2006. I think when we were living mm-hmm. in Arizona at the time. Um, and yeah, and I've watched it several times since then. I, I just, I did a gamma marathon, little mini gamma marathon. It was over Christmas, I think, or New Year's weekend. One of those, um, one of the long weekends I got recently and, um, and just plowed through them again, just cause it's a great movie just to throw on. And it's also a great quick marathon where it's not like you're dedicating oh, sure, yeah. seven hours of your day, you know? Um, something like, oh, I guess it probably is around seven hours on this one. I was thinking maybe longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it feels like a quick marathon, it, it, I think, I because think all three are so it's solid. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. five or so. Yeah. Hours. Did, I, you, did you top it off with Gamma the Brave? No. Okay, well, I'm not a huge fan of Gamma the Brave. I didn't mean to bring that up. But it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. That's fine. No, this one's awesome. And I, I, yeah, um, I have watched it probably. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's around 10, but maybe less than 10, but it, it's up there. All right. Okay. So what about you, Dave? Uh, well, the first time I saw that, I was lucky enough to see it on the screen of the Egyptian at G-Fest. It was the first and only time I've ever made it to a G-Fest, but um, awesome. I Just seeing that uh, on the big screen with a crowd that is that appreciative of the genre and the, and the characters and everything was uh was amazing i've probably and it sounds like i've seen it probably the least number of times of everybody in this room i've probably only seen it six times um that's still quite a few times yeah it's quite yeah. a few times yeah. well you know it's you know it's not as many times as i've seen dawn of the dead or anything like that but you know <laughs> it's it's up there um uh and uh yeah no it's it's yeah, i still enjoy it i'd still recommend it i still think it that it and the and the the uh, the two movies uh, coming before it um, are still sort of the exemplar of kaiju films. Mm. Um, even though I grew up on Godzilla, no, oh, yeah, man, know, yeah, it's mm. it's uh, you know it's it's yeah. I'm sure, and everything else I have to say, I'm sure we'll talk about coming up. So I'm gonna bite my tongue. Sure, yeah. So I mean, don't bite it too hard because we're gonna come right back to you in a second. Right uh, I mean, I. How would I say this? I have such a love for this film, so it's hard for me to actually point out any major flaws to it. But I know, I know that, you know, even though I've seen it so many times, it doesn't hold up as well today as it did when I first saw it. And some of that is a little teeny tiny effects work. Hmm. Some of that's actually the story. Um, I'd say if I had to choose one negative aspect of it, it would be that it relies so much on uh, I guess an immersive world. So in order to really, fu- I, I honestly feel that in order to fully understand this movie, 
I would have to be Japanese. I would have to have, uh, you know, probably Shinto mythology ingrained in my brain to get what they were Confucian mythology, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you know, to really understand what they were saying. There was and, a lot after, more exposition in this movie than sure, yeah. the average kaiju. I mean, they even had the Jeff Goldblum character. <laughs> you know, Jeff, Jeff, Goldblum. He's Jeff, he's Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Was it yeah. Shinya? Was uh, that the character's name? Like the, Sh- uh, you know, it's just I want to say Karata. Oh, okay. You're like talking about the compl- game developer, right? The game developer yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm the, I'm bad with names, but um, I mean, he he had that same purpose. Is you know, it, you know, being there to help the audience along with the depth and the repercussions of everything else of everything that was going on in the movie. True. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm okay with. I could see a lot of people being like, why are they shoehorning this character into this movie? And it's like, well, so that you understand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that you can attempt to understand. Yes, it. exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I never thought about it when, when I saw it the first time, you know, I think that's one of those, when right. I, when I go see a, you know, a, yeah. a kaiju film, I don't, I'm not looking for that cerebral, no uh, message or the cerebral, you know, plot development. And so when I saw this the first time, I was just kind of like glossed over it. I like, I didn't really care who the guy was. Like, oh, okay, he's a game developer. And uh, the fact that they said he had a really popular game and it was about uh, business. Pr- business statistics and <laughs> predicting weather patterns. It's like, woo! What's, that guy knows what, how to have fun. Can we get that for the PlayStation 4 now? Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that a thing? Yeah. I think uh, what they're kind of referencing is around that time, there was a lot of games that were like, we're so realistic that we've accurately mapped what the weather was like. The one, the one example that sticks out of my mind is Shinmu for the Dreamcast. They made a big deal out of, we've accurately replicated what weather was like in 1987. And they were really kind of OCD about the detail level of that. Oh, really? And uh, <laughs> they made a big deal out of it. So I think this character might actually be making fun of that a little bit. Oh, where it's oh, like, oh. like, that was the big thing in 99. And and I was glad to see a Dreamcast, by the way. Does the Dreamcast count as a supporting <laughs> character? I think so. I think especially for you, yes. Yeah. But uh, I think that they might have been making fun of it a little bit. But there's definitely a cultural yeah. barrier there that I can't for sure say that they were doing that. But yeah. that is my read is that they're kind of making fun of it. Well, to use your term, the cultural barrier there is I, I think one of the reasons that I still kind of feel like I can't get this movie 100%. I I love it and I it definitely put it in my top five kaiju films. Of course. But it's just – it's hard to – leap over some of those hurdles if you mm-hmm. don't if you don't really get it like the whole scene where the mythology is being explained oh, I love with that. the i loved it don't get me yeah. wrong but like the whole scene with the mythology being explained by the with the textbooks and mm-hmm. the cousin and i mean you got to sit there and pay attention to the subtitles and pay attention yeah. to what's happening really quickly in order to really understand and i think every time i see it I also see it with different subtitles. <laughs> so, yeah. So sometimes I'm getting a different message, maybe. I'm not exactly sure. But you that's know, sort of the biggest detriment that I would say this movie has. My secret kaiju movie wish is like from the very first time I saw this movie and they were explaining the, uh, the dragon and the tiger and the phoenix and the turtle. Yeah. And, and it's like, Ooh, who's the tiger? Who's the dragon? And my favorite is like, like my, my just deep inside kaiju fan wish is that someday 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you see where I'm going? I do. Someday Godzilla and Gamma are going to be in a movie together, and they're going to tie it together with that mythology. And Godzilla's the dragon. Godzilla's the dragon. And I'm just Godzilla's always been. Iris was super. Yeah. Super. And what's the tiger? tiger? Yeah. And you know, or oh, maybe the dragon and the turtle have to team up to defeat the tiger. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I totally, you know, just totally. I am on board. Yeah. Out. I know, right? Yeah. This is like just, just geek out since 1999. I've had that weird little fetish. Just like someday, come on, guys, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. So whenever the rumors come around that it's like, oh, Toho and Katakawa are gonna make Gamera Godzilla, right. do you always go? Oh, my time has come. I'm just, well, see, now it's like now I'm just vain enough to think that like they're listening to your podcast and they're going to go, hey, Round Eye's got a good idea. Let's get, we got to do this. We need to do this. We don't have to pay him anything, right? No, no, sir, you don't. Please take my idea and turn it into a movie. What's the Please. name? What's the name of that cat kaiju kind of little cat creature? Um, Negora. Negara. What? So what if it's what if the a, tiger was him? I'm sure Lady Kyle would be fantastic. Love that. Yes. <laughs> that's a uh that's a Oh, like the Max toy thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, exactly. Yeah. That's a Max gotcha. toy. Yeah. I know you're talking yeah. about now. Yeah. I, I hope that's what you're talking That'd be, about. Yes, though. that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. That's It'd fine. be fantastic. I just when you said the tiger and I'm thinking a tiger kaiju, that's what I picture closest to that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We shall see. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Balls in your court, Katakawa. <laughs> anyway, well, Dave, what didn't, what don't you care for in this film? What's, uh, what's something that you wow. wish they could fix in this movie? No, I'm good. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, I'm good. I mean, you know, it's like I'm, I'm all right with some of the effects being dated and everything sure, yeah, because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm definitely one of those people who, you know, is, you know, against the sort of, um, trend of apologism of, you know, just like, like George, you know, since sure, George Lucas sure, went, yeah, yeah. rebroke all of his movies. Goes, oh, that could be better now. It's like, no, dude, just it's a part of film history. Let it be what it is. Like, let, let the seam show. It's all good. Maybe in terms of like, if you were to go back in time before the movie came out and fix something, like, I, I, I guess I, only really a couple times have ever advocated for a special editionized version of a kaiju film. So don't, I don't want the listeners to think that yeah. like, <laughs> well, I'm asking Dave to, to create no, a special edition version. No, I'm good. Okay, cool. Right on. Rachel, did you dislike anything about this movie? Hmm. It is tough to, to choose something that I would say I disliked. I, I guess I don't yeah I don't really have much either. I I really I wow. I yeah that I'm kind of at a no, loss too. Yeah. I'm impressed for the movie. Actually yeah. I, just, I just thought of something but okay. let, let Brian go first. Okay. Oh, uh well I yeah, uh, wait, I agree with what you guys have said about like some of the effects being a little rough around the edges. And over the years, I've actually preferred Gamera 2 to this movie because uh-huh. I think the characters sort of flow better. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, I think the the storyline in 2, the, just the way it kind of unravels, it works a little bit better for me than this movie. So It's always difficult for yeah. me to pick. And I think it's one of those yeah. organic processes. Sometimes I'm a Gamera 2 guy and sometimes I'm yeah. a Gamera 3 guy. 
but there's so there's very little to uh to nitpick here it's just such a well executed all around flick so but yeah it's def I, I think if i was to nitpick it would be that kind of the characters the core characters aren't nearly as strong but there there's elements there that are good but yeah okay doesn't gel so right on what it, uh so what did you want to say right. so this this is a small one i had the same problem with gamma 2 is defeating the foe that is outclassing you with this crazy superpower that you've just pulled out of your ass. Oops, yeah, I mean, you're, I'm sorry. <laughs> defeating, I think you can say ass. Yeah, can I, I say that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, All right. I, I, but yeah, sorry. But it's like, but out of nowhere, it's like, oh, he can make a fist out of fire. Yeah. It's like, yeah. wait, yeah. what? To me, that it's kind of like, like when he defeated Legion. Oh, he can open up his shell like a refrigerator and just just blast you full of fire. You know, it's just a little bit. It's a little yeah, cheap. I, yeah. I it's can, a little cheap. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but it does happen in every single movie, and it well, does and something different. Pro- in every you know, see, and that. But what, what was it? What was? How did it happen in the first one? In the first one, Gamera fell into this oil refinery, and then basically all the fire that was around him, he sucked it up. Yeah, see, I buy that. For that one, then, I actually buy that. Okay, all right. I, well, well, He's like a fire does do that in the Showa era too. Yes, he does. He like eats. Doesn't he like eat? I think he does. Oil refinery fire. He does. some fire. I think maybe in the first or second. It was much more spectacular in Guardian of the Universe. True. True. You know. I mean, you might be right though. I mean, like they might have figured. Well, did he he ate a whole bunch of fire in the first one? He just spit it out in the second one. uh, (laughs) You know, (laughs) we. You know, it's just it's a little it's a little too convenient. We've been mm-hmm. talking, uh, or we've been watching Ultraman X. I was talking to you guys about that earlier. I think you and I talked about it a little bit too at some point. Ultraman X is the new show that's on. You haven't on. seen it yet. No, uh, it's good. It's yeah, actually very I'll good. I'll bet it is. Uh, but what happens in this, in the series is he has to keep upgrading in order to beat the monsters that keep upgrading as well. And so that's sort of the same thing. Like I don't really have a huge problem with it. With Ultraman X, which um, people are probably listening to this and the last episode, they're like, you had a huge problem with that. <laughs> My, it's less that that he's doing the upgrade and it's more of how the upgrades happen in that in that show. In, oh, okay. in Gamera, I actually, I like the fact that he is some sort of cybernetic creature. And so because there's a the cybernetic creature that was created by the Mu continent, you know, eons ago, we don't know what his full capabilities are, and that's sort of why I think I I allow it. I think for me, for me, it works because um, as a longtime video game nerd, um, I see it as like his power move, like as like something that you can only yearly use once, maybe during the match, or you know, or you have to really build up to it. And so he's holding it for that absolute final moment that he has to use it because you can't just use it all the time because it takes up so much energy or whatever you want to call it. So I, th- I see it as his power move that he just, you can't see it up until then until he absolutely, it's like, you know, has last resort. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure. Actually, you're, yeah. you mentioned the video game aspect of it and that is a yeah. very, very similar to what they actually just said in the movie. I mean, basically, right, you know, yeah. if, if mana is the energy that's, you know, uh, I don't know, the energy <laughs> that's in the earth and in order to 
perform some of these level up moves, you have to then decrease your mana. I could see this working as a mm-hmm. video game. It works yeah. very well. Oh, sure. Yes. Karata. We need give one me of a those. call. Oh, he died. He died. <laughs> oh. The one guy who died when the train uh, station exploded. <laughs> the only, the only guy. Everybody else is fine. Yeah, we, well, my, he my hair's died. not even burnt yeah. off, but uh, we're all good. <laughs> yeah, when you see that explosion uh, uh, Seriously. from far away, I'm like, Seriously. That didn't. Come on, guys. No. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't survive. But, you know, it takes again, a little bit of again. suspension of yeah. disbelief. Yes. <laughs> I'm not used to that at all. No? Yes. Not mean, in a jet-powered giant turtle movie. Nope. <laughs> no. Well, uh, let's talk about the things that we did love about the film. I mean, and actually, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, we don't have to uh, relegate it to one thing each. So, Brian, what do you love most about Gamera 3? Oh, uh, the... Man, there's so many to pick from. Um, Gamera's look was the first, that was the most impressive thing to me the first time I saw it Absolutely. was the new suit and the way that Ayane sees him in her dream where he's Ooh, the, the evil version. Oh, so yeah. cool. I thought that that was, it really upped the ante from the previous movies. And he's kind of, Gamera's kind of chaotic even when he shows up in this movie. Like he's causing a lot of destruction that's freaking people out. It's no longer, He's no longer the clear-cut good guy. You're starting to see Ayane's point of view, like, oh, wow, he's kind of a destruction, like, you know, a scary oh, yeah, thing. yeah, So well, that that struck me the very first time I saw it. That was the thing that really struck me as awesome. You know, it's funny about that last thing you were mentioning about the, the chaotic aspect of Gamera is that at the end of Gamera 2, they totally say, like, hey, you know, Gamera is the guardian of the Earth, he doesn't care about humans so much, you know, what happens if we cross him or sort of, I guess the flip side of that, which is like where he doesn't care about humanity. All he wants to do is cleanse the earth of Gauss. And so mm-hmm. humanity just happens to be in the way. Sorry. Squash. You know? Yeah. 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 I actually loved that. When I first saw the film, it was something that you don't ever see, you know, in, mm-hmm. you know, that was what? 35 something years of kaiju films you know we had not seen something where people are insignificant ants to a kaiju and they get killed since really the first godzilla film yeah. we don't you don't see it from street level you really rarely see it from street yeah, level that's, yeah that's yeah the... oh man but i just remember going like oh right he's fighting the bad guy and we're just in the way yeah. like we're collateral damage really yeah, when he shoots his fire and those people are inside the building and he's right at the same level, like his mouth is open and they're looking out the oh, window yeah, the at window, it. Yeah. Mm. And they're all, they all get burned up. They all get killed. It's, it, it does have this real kind of creepy vibe. It turns what you thought of Gamera on its head. Yeah. So for sure. I know a lot of people that, uh, were shocked into not liking it. Um, I can see that because, because of the, the violence essentially, yeah. you know, and, I was just enthralled. I was like, wow, this is like the most realistic mm-hmm. kaiju attack I've ever seen on screen. Is that giant fireball with the bodies flying yeah, up. Yeah. So you know, it's not like they ever pointed out. They said, you know, it's just sort of happening. And you, mm-hmm. as an audience member, you're just experiencing it along with the actual action. It's, I don't know. I, I love the movie. It's a brilliant <laughs> film. It's brilliantly done. The effects are so, so good. Uh, Rachel, what was, what is your favorite aspect of this film? Um, 
I'm going to go with, I, I love the transformation of the different, um, uh, suits, I guess, uh, but really, yeah, different, um, uh, what's the of word for it? Suit of, of actually, form? of Iris. Yeah. The different forms. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of just a simple word for it. But yeah, I, I, of course, am a fan of Iris as a baby. Shocked. And the little black <laughs> eyes and everyone squirtle. listening yeah, is it's shocked. Great. Yeah. It's adorable. A little like Pokemon kind of mm-hmm. character. Yep. Super cute. Um, and then, and then just, how impressively huge and awesome that she or he or whatever. I, I don't know. I still don't know if Iris is a guy or You know, girl, you asked that but... during the movie and I was thinking about it in those terms and, you know, in English and in some other languages, there's a real emphasis on uh, masculine, feminine, male, female versions of words or, you mm-hmm. know, what is that? Is it male or female? Kaiju are rarely identified by male or female. They're just usually assumed to be male. Although sometimes, like with Biolante, because Biolante was fused with the spirit of uh, that doctor's daughter, we are mm-hmm. sort of infusing a female aspect to that that monster. So yeah. Biolante is a she. Mothra is a she. But I think they, I think somewhere something has actually called. Mothra female. And I think I did consider Iris female, but I don't know. I think that's just because of the bond between Iris and Ayana. Yeah, I think that. And then also Iris is just in, I guess it can be considered, to me, it sounds like a female name. Sure. So I don't Especially if you like the Flash, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There could be different dubs too. You may have seen different subtitles that called it. Because in this one it said he, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm not sure uh, in on other ones. Um, So I love the the final form. Like the big differences because they yeah as she um, transforms is awesome, and I love the effects with like the rain going and the colors and stuff. It looks awesome. So many great shots of her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So so cool. Um, but, um, but yeah, I also just, I, um, I think it's cool that, that there was the, um, bringing back kind of the rock thing, like hanging around her neck, that pendant. Oh, yeah. With Ayane having like the different form of her connection with, uh, Iris was really cool. I in comparison, oh, you do? Oh, awesome. Um, with the Gamera girl, what's her name? Um, Asagi. Asagi. Steven Seagal's daughter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. Yeah, that's really oh, cool. I see. She's played by Ayako Fujitani. Ah, and, yeah, yeah. She. Asagi. I, I thought they were a great contrast to one another. I thought I really liked their characters. Yeah. And it was cool to see both of them in this film. It's almost like, um, the bad guy version of herself, right? The mirror, yeah, the mirror yeah, universe. totally. Yeah, it was Reverse pretty sweet. Flash to make a second. Flash. Yeah, zoom. nice. All right. Or should I, I like say it. zoom? Ha. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave. What are uh, some of the things you just absolutely love about this film? Well, um, it's probably three things. Number one, we already talked about the the Shibuya fight. And, and just the street level awesomeness, the, you know, showing it from the human perspective, the terror of it's amazing. It's terrifying the way that, that there's nothing you can do. These forces of nature are going at it and, and people are, there are leaves in the wind of this storm. And 
and and the that the director was dark enough at the end to have the little kid there going, camera saved me. Just like all the other <laughs> camera movies. And then they cut to, you know, hundreds of square miles of flaming <laughs> destruction down, yeah. and death. And then, you know, 20,000 people dead and everything like that. So, you know, obviously that, you know, that was, that was awesome. Uh, the other thing is the thing that, uh, Rachel touched on the, the, uh, just Iris from a character design standpoint, I thought, you know, was amazing and, you know, very for, you know, for, for, for a kaiju movie of the big two, you know, Gamera and Godzilla, you look at like Godzilla's foes, Godzilla's foes with the exception of, I guess space Godzilla, which I don't really going to talk about right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's, but they're very terrestrial. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. eh, there's, you know, there's the, there's Gorosaurus, eh, the dinosaur, eh, there's oh, yeah, Angus, yeah. eh, the dinosaur. You know, they get Rodan, eh, he's a dinosaur. And, um, but, you know, when, when you get to Legion, the, you know, the, the, the foes, you know, they, he, you know, opened it up and became very, Extraterrestrial, literally, sure, yeah, literally, otherworldly. Yeah, absolutely. literally yeah. extraterrestrial. Much more yeah, with this, the sort of freedom that the ultra kaiju have. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those is like what point. you know. Yeah. What, you know, what are these? Then you look at Iris, which uh, as we were watching it, I mentioned to me, sort of like is is much more like the angels from Evangelion than 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 a, a you know than a than a typical terrestrial gamma or Godzilla foe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. and everything. Just, just so, you know, interesting. And, you know, that it began as this cute little Pokemon creature. It's like, oh, look, he's, he's, she's got a, you know, oh, the cute girl is her pet and it's cute and it squeaks like a little <laughs> guinea pig. And isn't it sweet? And it's like, oh my God, it's a life force vampire. Oh, it killed her family. Oh, what the heck? And it's, if you notice that the whole time it's faceless. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it yeah. never really develops a face. And then when it gets older, it's just got that weird skull over that glowing orb. And so you don't get to see a giant mouthful of teeth. You know, there's not, there's not that sense, that immediate sense of menace or there's like, you know, where's this creature coming from? And it's horrible. It's this, it's really, it's like they, it sounds are like whale sounds. So it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like the, the director and the, 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 the people who are making the movie are daring you to think of it as the good guy. Cause mm-hmm. you know, there's a gamma there and he's slavery. He's got these big fangs. He's all scaly. And he's mean looking now, you know, and it's like, it's like, you know, look, this is the bad guy, right? Even though he's the star, he's the bad, kind of the bad guy, right? No, no, he is not. And it's the, the way that they, sort of the way that they play with the audience, mm-hmm. you know, with, mm-hmm. with this. And it's like, yeah, you know, looks can be deceiving. Iris is kind of a jerk. He's going to suck your life out. You're going to be, you're going to look, you're going to look at one of those zombies from life force. It's a bad thing. <laughs> and, um, but then the, the third aspect kind of, you know, covers all this is that these guys, when they're, when, when they sat down at the table, to at the pre-production first pre-production meeting for Gamma Three here, they didn't go. Uh, ah, you know, uh, you got this big turtle. He's gonna fight a big monster, and uh, stuff's gonna get broken. All right, we gonna go to lunch now. It's like no, they they made a movie. Yeah, you know, they had they brought in that mythology, and they brought in that game designer thing, and they brought in the girls, and you know, they got the 
you know, yeah, the uh, reverse flash girl and like, you know, everybody, they, they brought all this stuff together and they're like, you know something, guys, we're not going to phone it in this time. Yeah. Yeah. 30 years ago, it was okay. It's like, well, you know, the first time they fought, they fought on earth, but this time they're going to fight on, uh, they're going to fight on a different planet of brain eating aliens. It's like, nope, that's, it's still the same movie, guys. You know, this time, you know, they're, they're, they're really doing something with it. And Breaking that mold, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, as a trilogy, this, this trilogy is going to stand this test, test of time. I am dying to see what they're going to do with the new one. Do you think that they're going to actually tie this in the new one? If they do make it, do you think they're actually going to tie it into the trilogy well, or look do you at think what, there's look, going to be just like, all you have to do is look at how much people don't care about Gamera the Brave to know the answer to that question. Well, I think, uh, then also the flip side of that to, to, to gauge the reaction from audiences still today watching Gamera 3 right? and when the ending hits. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, I think even you, you've got it. They, they've got an opportunity to spike the ball. They, they do. They gotta take it. They gotta take it. I hope they take it. Yeah. I mean, my, my preference is that we get more awesome kaiju films, but, uh, oh, of course. you know, I will table that for another time discussion wise, <laughs> but, uh, really when we talk about movies like Godzilla vs. the thing, Monster Zero, uh, a term that we toss around is the company that's making those movies firing on all cylinders. With those movies I just mentioned from the Showa era, you know, Shiro Honda was directing, Shinichi Sekizawa was writing, uh, Tomiyuki Tanaka was, you know, producing, Eiji Tsuburaya was doing the special effects, and Akira Ifukube was doing the, the score. And then they also had their amazing actors and of course the amazing special effects of the time gamma three is 1999's equivalent of a studio and its workers and its actors and its directors and its special effects department and its score composer koatani mm-hmm. all firing on all cylinders and yeah. I think that to me is why this movie, especially this film, but because this film is tied to the trilogy, the mm-hmm. trilogy will stand the test of time. Like Absolutely. you're talking about, yeah. um, without a doubt, this movie moved me the first time I saw it and has stuck with me. The things that bother me are so small that I, I don't even want to bring them up. So really this is, um, in uh, almost a different sense than Tokyo SOS, because I like to say Tokyo SOS is so close to being a perfect kaiju film, right? It is, but it's almost a different vibe, right? Because Gamera 3 is so dark. Gamera 3 is probably the closest thing to a perfect kaiju film, in my opinion. And uh, you know what? That's also going to count as my final thoughts on the movie. Brian. That'd be hard to top. Let me hear your final yeah. thoughts. It's just uh, anyone anyone that hasn't seen these movies, as we've said every time we've referenced these movies, you really need to watch all three. It is it is rare that there are three movies in a trilogy that just nail it so hard and so well. And uh, yeah, this is it's just tremendous. This is one of the best. So I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was it's fantastic. I I just. I adore these films and I, I think that they're films that I'll continually put on again and again and again and never get bored. And Mr. Helfrey. It, you know, 
we're just gonna at this point we're just repeating ourselves. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, you know, it's like we said. It's like I said at the beginning. It's like you can't. The only thing you can disagree on is how much you love this movie, and um, and I stand by that. All right. Um, now I'm sure we are all in the camp where we would suggest this to kaiju newbies, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, but in, in, with the caveat, it, Brian threw out. You got to watch, watch them in order. Yeah. yeah. Watch them in order, baby. That's how you do it. I agree. I absolutely agree. And you know, <laughs> just so you can appreciate it even more, watch a couple of the old ones first. So you can see how far they come. Maybe watch Maybe. one of the watch old ones. Yeah. Watch, yeah. watch like Gamma. Watch, 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 watch Gamma versus... What? No, watch, watch camera Super Monster versus, Camera. Uh, no, God. <laughs> yes. Why would you tell someone <laughs> to watch not? Super Monster no, Camera before? It's a little bit of you're everything. Gonna, you're going to lose them completely. Yeah, yeah I was kidding. you no. got to do something from the middle of the show era. So <laughs> my choice would be Gamera versus Giron, but if you don't think a knife-headed creature would actually win them over, maybe Gamera versus Viras. That's probably what I'd go for. I agree with that. That's a good film. Anyway, uh, we did get quite a bit of homework in for this particular movie and we are going to start things off with some of the audio homework that was sent in the first listener to send in his homework was michael deke ray sanjo kaiju cast i'm here with my review for gamera 3 revenge of iris now right off the bat i would highly recommend this movie to a newbie you just got to sit through the previous two films first now normally with a third film in a trilogy it tends to be the worst of the bunch, but here's an example where the third film outshines the rest. The human characters are great, and Aimaeda especially delivers a tormented performance as Ayana. Now I can understand why she hates Gamera for killing her parents, but man, that girl is truly a sociopath, especially when she starts bonding with the deceptively adorable Iris. And I thought that Toshio had some serious issues, you know what I'm saying? Then we get to the characters of Asakura and Karata, and their radical ideas on Gamera being an evil spirit, and their radical ideas on the quote-unquote rejects that were found at the bottom of the sea. I actually like the spiritual tone that is present with this movie, and it fits better with this particular incarnation of Gamera, rather than another famous kaiju that Shusuke Kaneko would interpret. A GMK! Surprisingly, Gamera is absent for the majority of the film. And that's a real shame because this is the most amazing incarnation of Gamera ever. The Gauss are also pushed aside in favor of Iris, who is Gamera's equivalent to Destroya. Their final battle in Kyoto is flawlessly shot, and what a violent struggle it is. This is without a doubt the goriest Gamera film since Gamera vs. Jiger, as Gamera severs his own arm to evade Iris, only to give him a kaiju-sized falcon punch! Do I even have to mention the gauss with its eyeball dangling out of the socket? Ayana also has an epiphany, as she now understands that Gamera was only trying to eliminate the greater threat. The ending is a bit abrupt, as I found myself wondering, how is Gamera going to fend off an entire swarm of gauss with only one arm? In the end, Gamera 3 gets a 5-star rating and is truly Kaneko's crowning achievement in the kaiju genre. Also, as a little side note, I heard you guys wanted to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Ultra series. Well, I decided that I should submit some more pickled ginger for the live stream episode that's coming up at the end of the month. 
I'm not going to make them as easy where Brian can solve them in 10 seconds flat, but I'll go easy on you guys and only incorporate questions that are within Ultra Q, Ultra Man, and Ultra 7, as well as some hints. Sayonara. All right, there you go. That was uh, Michael's. They calling you out, dude. Nice, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna win this year. <laughs> this is gonna be no, a different actually, one. I was yeah. saying, actually, for the live show, it's, I'm not competing. <laughs> no, well, maybe not. I well, maybe know. I don't know. What I actually, doing? you know what? I haven't read the questions yet. Maybe oh. I should get you over onto the laptop oh. so you can send them to yourself and then delete them from my computer. And oh, then I could actually participate. Then you can, Oh, yeah. There you go. But how does it, yeah. you guys don't actually know for a fact that I did. You're just going to have to take my word. Anyway, we're just going to move <laughs> on. And I'm going to sneakily move on to the next homework. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Nick Cloutier. Gamera 3 is a masterclass in excellent filmmaking and a prime example of how kaiju movies can be something more than just giant monsters fighting among cityscapes. Indeed, the heart of the film is a battle not for the future of mankind, though that is a major plot point, but instead the fight for one girl's soul. Nowhere is this more apparent than the final moments of Gamera's fight with Iris when the titular Terrapin claws through his foe to clutch an entrapped Ayana. As far as trilogy cappers go, this is one of the rare offerings that satisfies in every level. Overarching themes and plot threads are brought full circle. Returning characters are hardened and wiser, and each newcomer ends up suffering some kind of loss. The mood is grim, but there's a silver lining to it all. So long as humanity has hope, it will fight to survive, and so will Gamera. The deliberately open-ended final shot allows us to draw our own conclusions, a bold yet brilliant move by director Shusuke Kaneko that, one could argue, precedes Christopher Nolan's style of ambiguous endings by several years. On the effects side, while Advent of Legion may offer more in the way of tokusatsu scenes, Revenge of Iris makes sure that every moment counts when a monster is on screen. Director Shinji Higuchi's effects are revolutionary, from the seamless incorporation of CGI, which, let's face it, still holds up better than some Hollywood films made in that time, to setting the climactic battle within an enclosed space, which is quite a change from the normal kaiju fare that we're used to. The Gamera suit shows that he, like his human counterparts, is hardened by his continual struggle against the Gauss, but still displays an incredible range of emotion. Iris, final form especially, is a thing of beauty, yet the lack of discernible facial features makes her deeply discomforting. She is a unique and standout design that is executed almost flawlessly, and the Gauss, what little we see of them, are leaner and meaner, a vast improvement and evolution on the design from Guardian of the Universe. In conclusion, Gamera 3, or as the trailer likes to put it, Gamera 3, is Kaneko and Higuchi swinging for the fences and hitting a home run. Next to the original 1954 Godzilla, this film is one of the best offerings in the genre. Five out of five Gamera graveyards. However, I would only show this to a kaiju newbie after first watching parts one nice. and two. Nice, okay. I just have a quick side note uh, for Nicholas's voicemail here. So uh, he mentioned Gauss, and we were talking about, he was also talking about uh, about Iris. Gauss in this movie is accomplished almost entirely by CGI. And because it was used so sparingly, 
you only get to see fleeting moments of gals. And the only times you do, like, there were no suit actors, right? You know what I mean? For, the I mean, dying the, pu- one. the puppet, yeah, though, yeah. you know. But, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's all you're seeing in a practical effect, but you're seeing practical effects enhanced or hinted at through CGI. I absolutely thought that the Gauss in this film were, like, totally believable. Mm-hmm. Way more oh, than yeah. any other appearance of Gauss. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, now, we also got one in from Stephen Vale. Hi, Kyle and company. Rabbi Steve here. I'll keep this brief because you probably said most of the things that I would need to say. Basically, I, I can't be objective about this movie. It's just too good for me. It's... It's a landmark film, this and the rest of the Holy Trilogy that it completes. For me, this movie is the touchstone for all things that came after it, Kaiju. Everything has to be compared to this, and I think everything was influenced by this, including, most especially, Godzilla 2014 and Pacific Rim, um, both of whom the creators of those, I think, would acknowledge the influence of this film. Everything was great about it. The story, the continuing characters and their arc, the special effects, the suit acting, the acting of the human actors and the script, everything. The music, it's to me the perfect kaiju movie. This is a no-brainer in terms of introducing a kaiju newbie to, to kaiju using this film. This is where I would... This is definitely my go-to for that. Um, It's just not enough great things to say about this film. So I leave it with that and with everything you've said and what my fellow Kaiju cast listeners will add. Thanks for doing this film, for making this homework. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And we also got Andy Campbell. Of all the movies that I've seen that feature Japanese schoolgirls and tentacle monsters, Gamera 3 The Revenge of Iris is by far the least disgusting. Kaiju fans will often argue about which is better, this or Advent of Legion. I'll go out on a limb and say this is my least favorite of the trilogy. While there is so much that works, for me at least, there is so much more that doesn't. They try and do too much with the mystical elements of the story. The stuff about the 28 houses and the seven quadrants with the shrines and the four guardians and and the ten-inch dagger. None of that makes any sense. And even if it did, it made no difference to the story, as it was dropped almost as soon as it was mentioned. Though I did like the stuff about the mana, that did a good job trying to tie together elements of the entire trilogy. And if I had known my Sega Dreamcast could have forecast monsters, I probably would have hung on to it. Uh, That and Crazy Taxi. I miss Crazy Taxi. Some of the characters also seem to be a little superfluous. Asakura and Kurata, the two creepy cultists, don't really do anything. They only seem to be there to explain the plot to the other characters. And his death in the train station, in my opinion, gives the Gamera trilogy its facepalm moment. Asagi also, sadly, has no reason to be in this movie. Her bond with Gamera now broken, she's given nothing else to do other than to provide continuity to the previous movies. 
And while Gamera and Gauss look better than ever, Iris is a little underwhelming. Terrible CGI aside, I, Iris doesn't really do much except lumber around the woods for almost the entire movie. And then the final fight with Gamera is a little anticlimactic. You know, they land in Kyoto, push and shove a bit, Gamera gets stabbed, falls down for ten minutes, gets up, gets stabbed again, blows his hand off, which admittedly was awesome, but then one punches Iris and the fight is over. The fight with the Gauss earlier in the movie was much, much more entertaining. Now, I don't want to get overly negative and make it seem like I didn't enjoy the movie. You know, being my least of the my least favorite of the Gamera trilogy still makes it one of my favorite kaiju movies. You know, Gamera looks nightmarish, and the battle with the Gauss does a great job of showing the collateral damage Gamera causes. You know, even though he's trying to protect, he inevitably ends up hurting a lot of people. And then the idea of the government debating whether or not to turn on their protector, I think, was an interesting development. And then and that sat in the train station where the final battle takes place might just be the best thing ever put to film in a kaiju movie. Also, while some people find the cliffhanger a little cheap, I loved it. You know, while the trilogy may be over, Gamera's fight isn't, and it never will be. You know, it's perfect. To sum it up, I like this movie better than King Kong Lives. <laughs> This guy, uh, this guy's the dentist who doesn't like Trident, isn't he? (laughs) He is. uh, Andy Campbell is from Vancouver, and he runs a he runs a podcast, or at least he used to when he used to actually make episodes. Zing. But he's he uh, is called Kaiju One Hundred One, and it's all about the science behind Kaiju. The science. Yes, the science. Science, science behind <laughs> giant jet-powered turtles. Exactly. All right, that's all right. All right, so uh, those were our audio submissions. Remember, you can also submit your homework via voicemail. Although I have to say, the uh, the few times that we get people calling into the voicemail number, the audio quality is pretty bad. And I think most people are able to use their phone app, their voice recorder on their phone app, and get a better quality call than calling in the voicemail number. But if you want to do that, uh, that number is 786-505-2458. Or you can email me an audio file at controller at kaijucast.com. We have three rules. Rule number one, don't go over three minutes. It may not sound like much, but you definitely have enough time to get your concise thoughts out to the listenership. Rule number two, don't swear. I don't want to bleep you, but, you know, I will. Rule number three, try to have all of your talking points hammered out beforehand before you even make that call or record that file. So once again, you can call 786-505-2458, or you can send me an email with an audio file attached to controller at kaijucast.com. And of course, the old-fashioned way to do this is to send an email via the contact form on our website, and we are about to read a whole bunch of people who did just that. Starting with Mike Keller, who says that visually and thematically, Gamera 3 raised the bar for the Japanese Kaiju Iega to a level that has yet to be reached by any other production, though he would really like to see that happen in his lifetime. Visually, it's flawless, not only in terms of special effects, but also some fancy camera work. The Gamera slash Iris slash Ayana montage is pretty neat. 
Thematically, it has just the right amount of mystery to keep it from devolving into outright fantasy like the 90s Mothra films, yet also grounding it to the real world, or as real as you could get with giant monsters. It has a Godzilla vs. The Thing level of mysticism, and at some points feels like a live-action anime. Oh, side note, uh, the co-writer, so Shusuke Kaneko, and the other person who I don't have his name up in front of me, uh, that wrote the film, the other guy was an anime writer. Oh, so, right on. Anywho, uh, Mike notes that the film pushes the boundaries enough to set the climax in Kyoto. Kyoto is a locale that is often avoided in films of this type, as it would be considered disrespectful to show Japan's spiritual center hurt or demolished. They also went there with Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, but only briefly. Mike thinks that the characters and the story are good, but not entirely perfect. On one hand, he liked the characters of Asakura and Kurata, but was never really clear on whose side they were on. Mike remembers promotional material stating that Asakura was an Atlantean descendant, but never saw nor heard any mention of this in the film. Wikipedia says it's Kurata, but likewise, never heard any of that mentioned either. If these two wanted to kill Gamera as much as Ayana, they certainly never put forth effort to oppose Nagamine and Asagi, even letting them take Ayana from their hidden bunker to wherever it was they were going. Karada even condescended to meet the two heroines and bring them to Ayana. And why was he sending Nagumine video games in the mail? Mike wonders what form his games would have took in the modern era of Xbox, PlayStation, Wii. Could Mana compete with Grand Theft Auto 3? It was nice to see Mr. Saito return from the first film and get a chance to redeem himself after being such a bureaucratic anus the first time. It was also a nice twist to see the school bullies were all girls, as Mike understands all women are evil. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. That just took a little left turn there. I like how Mike tries to get me to read things. Yeah. <laughs> Mike always... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm back now. Oh, good. Mike also likes how they showed that even a good monster like Gamera could be destructive. If two giant monsters fight in a populated area, that's going to cause some damage. No two ways about it. Gamera is a lot like Superman in Man of Steel. Unfortunately, he didn't have a Ben Affleck monster to challenge him and keep him in line. Something that puzzles Mike. He's heard it stated that in the 90s Gamera universe, turtles do not exist. If this is so, then why is one of the four guardians supposed to be a tortoise? And what monster is the tiger supposed to be? Hey, that's the question you said. Indeed. <laughs> or... Would we have found that out later? Perhaps turtles and tortoises are creatures of mythology like dragons and unicorns, although you'd think someone would have commented on Gamera's resemblance to a mythological animal by now. Okay, Mike waits with bated breath to see if Godzilla Resurgence can finally reach the mark set by this film. One can only hope. Um, wait, turtles don't exist in these movies? That is correct. What? Uh, <laughs> How did I miss that? <laughs> well, it was never in the movies, but it's one of those things that the director said, sort of like after the fact, Why? as sort of a, it was, it's totally something to not even focus on. It's just one of those things, like he thought it up and it never made it into the movie. Wow. It's basically so that the characters in the films wouldn't be like, it's a giant turtle. Like, yeah. It's to them, it's just this weird monster so. yeah and make eh. it into the movie might i mean it just might not be overt mm -hmm. okay. yeah it's not 
Yeah. Not the greatest revelation, no. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the director's messing with us. I think he's just sitting here laughing every time. You know what? With the way Kaneko has been treated by some of the Godzilla fandom, he should absolutely have been messing with us. <laughs> absolutely. Jacob says that few other Daikaiju Ega rival Gamma 3. Technically, this movie outshines any that have come before and possibly even since. Thematically, one of the most solid of all kaiju films. Having departed largely from the environmental messages that were semi-integral to Guardian, and literally only thrown in at the end of Legion, Kaneko opts to make this movie about the power of belief, and that only with the belief in Gamera, with this movie having turned him into a god, can he, in the mind of the viewer, succeed in defending the Earth from Gaia swarms at the end of the movie. Gamera also has to have one of the greatest moments of cinematic storytelling ever. The attack on Shibuya gives you everything you need to know about the state of the world before any of it is given to you via exposition. The music and camera angles give Gamera a menace he never exhibited before. This is a Gamera who uses his plasma balls liberally, to put it mildly. In the Shibuya sequence, we see a fierce, merciless Gamera driven out of desperation to disregard thousands of human lives just to kill two Gauss birds. And it does all this while being fist-pumpingly entertaining all throughout. Adam notes that like its predecessors, Gamera 3 has a heavy human element. However, unlike the previous movies, where the focus has been the humans who are favorably inclined towards Gamera, this movie takes an interesting turn in that three of the main characters, namely Ayana, are decidedly against him. The actress who plays Ayana did a masterful job of relaying this girl's melancholy and dour attitude as well as her hatred of Gamera. Ayana's relationship with the movie's villainous kaiju, Iris, is almost completely reverse of her feelings towards Gamera. When Ayana finds Iris, she claims to feel a kinship of hatred for Gamera with this strange creature. The kinship of hate draws the two together and allows Iris to bond to Ayana like Gamera did with Asagi in the first movie. Each of the other characters are also quite well developed, from the paranoid Inspector Ogata to the love-struck Moribe, each person brings quality acting to the screen. Story-wise, the authors created a compelling and enthralling tale of melancholy hatred and shattered perceptions. Adam doesn't remember a single moment where he thought, God's above, I wish they would just get on with it. The plot is compelling, and the development of the characters, both human and kaiju, was masterful. The mood of the story and the layering of the truth under perception are rampant in this film, Thus, even though we see Gamera as being almost completely insane in the beginning, and Iris as a newfound guardian and friend for Ayana, as the film progresses, the truth behind the matter is slowly revealed. Gamera, it turns out, is trying to compensate for the damage he did when destroying Legion, and Iris is kind to Ayana simply for his selfish desire to get stronger by feeding off her hate and eventually merging with her. And in the end, when the story is left hanging in the wake of Gamera and Iris's fight, with the impending Gauss flock approaching, Gamera's undying determination shines through, making the viewer want to cheer for the big turtle and take up arms to aid him. Overall, Adam has to say that this movie is one of the finest he has seen in a long time. True, it's not revolutionary, and it isn't going to change the face of entertainment, but it still must be applauded. The characters are superb, the actors are competent, the story is compelling, and the music helps to make the mood. When it comes to the kaiju, it doesn't get much better, as both Gamera and Iris are incredible. Overall, Adam would recommend this movie highly and urge any fan of Kaiju to go out and find a copy. It will be well worth your dime. Clancy has to say that Gamera never looks so powerful, vicious, and near sinister than he does in Gamera 3. 
For him, it stands up there with GMK Godzilla as a cool, darker design of a classic creature. He loves it. The design works well with the struggle that is going on within the film. Gamera is our savior, but at what cost? It is always interesting to see both sides. The addition of Ayane's character, her hatred for Gamera, and bonding with Iris made for a strong opponent in the film. It makes Iris something deeper than a random, mindless kaiju falling out of the sky and socking Gamera on the nose. Clancy loves the direct connection to Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, and was very pleased to have Shinobu Nakayama back as Mayumi. He enjoys scientist characters over military characters, and she does a wonderful job in the role. Speaking of science, Clancy loves that they use a Sega Dreamcast to drop some science. It takes him back to his college days, selling off games to get the $199 he needed before $9999. Although he probably should have been studying in late 1999, not playing Dreamcast all night. I, I don't know about that. I, mean, I, just, <laughs> I, I have to know, is that like a reference? $199 he needed it before $9999? Yeah, that was... Uh... That was the release date, and that was the price. So Okay. Yeah. It was a big deal. Nerds. How yeah. do you not know Nerd. that, dude? Oh, my God. <laughs> Next, you're going to tell me you don't remember Sonic Tuesday, the day that Sonic 2 came out. That was another <sighs> yes, real thing. Yes, we are going to tell you that. <laughs> I will tell you that, but you, you predicted it already. Yeah. Clancy highly recommends the entire Gamera trilogy to any kaiju newbie. His personal ranking from best to still pretty darn awesome is Guardian of the Universe, The Revenge of Iris, and then Advent to Legion. Final comment, Inspector Osaka, um, oh, I'm really bad at that. Wow. Um, I, I want to do a realistic one. <coughs> <clears throat> Final comment, Inspector Osaka, <clears throat> please excuse Clancy, former and just assistant Inspector Osaka, may have been one of the top three beer-drinking moments in kaiju film history. The look on his face as he tips the beer back, drinks, then says, beer hasn't tasted this good in a long time. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Bravo! Indeed. Bravo! Bravo, beer. Bravo, <laughs> Clancy. Pete says that few Gamera fans will argue that Gamera 3 is one of, if not the best kaiju film ever made, and for this month's homework... Pete will leave the well-deserved accolades for others submitting their homework. Instead, he would like to focus on the things that drive him completely crazy about this wonderful film. Dead-end storylines and random plot devices. There were several seemingly important things that the director really wanted the audience to know about but never reinforced after their introduction. Mana the video game, a 10-inch family... <laughs> Pete, did you get together with Andy... Okay, so Man of the Video Game, a 10-inch family heirloom knife for Iris stabbing, and the weird brother-sister act that was more uncomfortable than ominous and creepy are all examples of the parts of the story going nowhere fast. Pete would be remiss if he didn't mention the Gamera Graveyard. Why was that never developed? He supposes you could cite Gamera the Brave as a follow-up with the old and young Gamera. Let's not. The Kaiju Circle of Life. Iris herself. Pete wishes Iris's background would have been explored more. The family that guarded the shrine didn't seem to know a whole lot about it, where it came from, or what would happen if the stone would be moved. The grandmother even said that a sumo tried to move it without success. If the family is guarding it, why would the sumo be allowed to try? Abrupt teaser ending. The movie did not end. Gamera is victorious against Iris and is unexpectedly attacked by a bunch of gauss. Roll credits. Ouch, man. 
talk about running into a wall. It teased a follow-up film that will never officially happen. He's praying for a Gamera 4 film to show up at G-Fest this year. Mm, don't hold your breath. <laughs> now, maybe Pete just missed the explanations of what he mentioned, or there's some supplemental information that he needs to check out. He doesn't like being left hanging when the story could be much richer if some time was left to explain. He feels like this film had enough material to span two movies and hopes that the show, the podcast, and the comments enlighten him. He would not show this as someone's first kaiju film, only because he would insist that the noob watch Gamera Guardian of the Universe and Attack of Legion first. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, can't wait to hear our thoughts, keep up the great work, and Pigmon for president. Yes! <laughs> awesome. I love it. I need that as a bumper sticker. It's been a long time since Ian last saw Gamera 3, and it shows a strong change from the older films, where Gamera was a protector of Japan to just a brutal, almost territorial beast. Gone is the wanting to protect the people of Japan. As the early fight with Gauss shows Gamera openly shooting his fire through a building and killing everybody inside to destroy a Gauss. The film seems to move almost too slowly at points, with it switching back and forth between so many different plots. It feels like the filmmakers had a good plan for the film, but were forced to add too much, and it hurts the film, leaving the ending way too open, as if a part two film was planned but never happened. Cameron feels he's about to be burned at the stake for Kaiju Cast Heresy. He feels that Kaneko's Gamera trilogy is pretty overrated and not all it's cracked up to be. <sighs> now, don't get him wrong, he still finds them to be eminently enjoyable kaiju films, but a far cry from the best kaiju films ever that he often sees them hailed as. <laughs> That's because they are, but I'll continue reading. <laughs> he will admit, however, that Gamera 2 Advent of Legion probably does crack his personal top 10 kaiju films list, but to finally discuss the actual topic up for discussion, Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris, he feels that it is the worst of the set. To him, it feels a lot like Kaneko overstuffed the films with pseudo-philosophy, kaiju action, world-building, and character interaction, that the movie collapses under its own weight. The first act starts phenomenally, and Cameron felt it was the first time the Gamera films lived up to the hype. The Gamera graveyard is a fantastic opening hook and sets up plenty of intrigue and potential that seems like it's never realized. Also, the first time you see Gamera and Gauss fighting with the obscene amounts of destruction, it's really, really cool and one of the most interesting kaiju battles put to film. However, all this promise is really taken to a grinding halt in the second act. The characters who return from the first Gamera, Asagi and Mayumi, felt much flatter and uninteresting than they did in the previous films. And Ayana could have been a really interesting counterpoint to, As to Asagi. But once Iris arrives, she really gets sort of shunted off to the side and not really given any realization to her potential. And don't get him started on the completely pointless hacker and government official. He's forgotten their names due to how uninteresting and how little they add to the plot. They spout vague pretensions of deep philosophy without actually saying anything. Since Cameron was a philosophy major, he feels he knows the difference between genuine thought and mindless babble. If they were completely excised from the film, he feels he would have enjoyed it much more, and the pacing would be much more improved. Actually, it would be interesting to see like what it would be like to just remove those characters, because they they almost could be completely pulled out of the film with you know very little impact to it. Yeah, I think so. The third act tries valiantly to pick up the slack and pieces caused by the second's blunders, but it's a little too late. 
The final battle was pretty awesome, but at that point, Cameron really didn't care about any of the humans except Osako. He really had a decent character arc here, unlike pretty much everybody else. While he knows this isn't a particularly popular opinion, he's glad he's able to share it. Cameron also felt the need to shout, FALCON PUNCH! when Gamera finished off Iris. I don't actually disagree with the things he had a problem with. Right? I, I, mean, dis- I disagree with his conclusion about the film as a whole. But the things that he complained about? Uh, yeah, all right. What I would say is I, I would agree with his identifiers. Like, those are potential problems, but I didn't actually have a problem with – I didn't have as much of a problem with it as he did. Exactly. Yeah. One thing Ben really enjoyed about this film was the overall visual effects. This era of Gamera films has always had a penchant for utilizing CGI effectively, and Revenge of Iris was no exception. One of his favorite scenes in this regard was the devastating fight between Gamera and Gauss earlier on in the picture, where you see the winged beasts dodge Gamera's fiery blasts in the clouded sky. The practical effects were showstoppers as well. When you have miniatures as painstakingly detailed as the train station that served as the site of the film's ultimate showdown, you can't go wrong. Just as great were the monsters. Iris, in its final form, looked especially sleek and powerful, and despite its mystical origins, had a very alien look about it. And Gamera's design in this film is definitely his favorite of the series. Mirroring in a small way how the Heisei Godzilla changed appearance early on in that series, Revenge of Iris's Gamera had a proportionally smaller, sleeker head with a more of a pronounced sagittal crest. He ended up looking more powerful and somewhat more animalistic. And while his actions in this film certainly played to his legacy as a friend to all children, his appearance was certainly one befitting of a guardian of the universe. All right. Well, there you have it. All of our homework for Gamera 3. You're probably all wondering what our next homework assignment is going to be for. Well, my children, (laughs) February 2016, we will be discussing quite the opposite of this film. Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Oh. (laughs) Interesting. Quite the opposite. I want to say that if we just took this episode and played it backwards, it might just make the episode for Space Godzilla happen. (laughs) I'm I'm willing to give it a try. I actually, you know, I, I love Space Godzilla as a design. I don't know why I've always, because I saw it when I was like, in my 20s and i was like whoa cool it's like godzilla but he's blue with shoulder spikes and whoa he looks so cool and i don't know why but you thought you were him because you were wearing your leather jacket with spikes on yeah, the shoulders yeah, yeah, and yeah, spikes, yeah. yeah. <sighs> just call me space g don't do that please just all right space g. so uh okay not big mom <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so if you'd like to send in your homework for Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, please do so before Wednesday, the 24th of February, uh, and we will make sure to get your thoughts, questions, and reviews included in that episode. Don't forget you can send that in via voicemail, either by calling it in to 786-505-2458, or you can email me a audio file to controller at kaijucast.com. Once again, those rules are don't go over three minutes, don't swear, and try to have everything hammered out before you even place the call or record your file. Now, we are going to go ahead and move on to, I think, some pickled ginger. 
Oh, yeah. This pickled ginger comes to us from Duff, and he has sent in five questions. And, man, I almost forgot how we did this last time. So uh, I think what the deal is, we're just going to blurt out the answer. Yay! Okay. I'm going to buzz, so, you know. We don't have the buzzers yet. Yeah, well, you know. I, <laughs> Someday I'll be able Someday. to afford iPads for everybody that'll just sit here and only be a buzzer. Ooh, that was Oh, fancy. wow. Right, because that's how we're just rolling in it. I feel like I'd break the iPad. <laughs> I think true. I think that's probably a bad idea. All right, so question number one. Name the locations of all of Daimajin's shrines. Ooh. Not the names. Tokyo. Not, not the names, just the locations. Kyoto. Uh, Osaka. Okay. No. I, I, I lost. Okay. It's clear <laughs> I lost you, by the, the look on your face. No. Seen? So okay. I'm totally guessing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Arctic Circle yeah. of Newburgh. No. North Pole. Nope. You guys are all out. I don't have an answer. Oh, man. How disturbing. Charles Barkley. Okay, so in the first movie, <laughs> it was on the top of a mountain. On the second movie... Wait, what? That's all it is? Top of a mountain? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, in the, the sea on an island. Okay. Ooh, did yes, I get one? That island. That was the second one. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to say... That's why I was in saying a castle. not the names, just the locations. But you know. In a cave is the... Is Wrath of Magina a cave? No. Um, this is sad. In a pond. Yeah. I'm I about still, to just move on. I still stand by Arctic Circle and Newburgh. <laughs> in a valley. She said that so whimsically. <laughs> That's how I imagine. In a valley. Valley, valley of the wind. In a meadow of flowers. <laughs> so in the first movie, it was on a mountain. The second okay. movie, it was on an island. So technically, right. you oh, got I one I have a right. point. You got, Woo. you got a point. Winning. And uh, in the third movie, it was also on a mountain. Cheating. All that's right, cheating right. if it's the same answer. Okay. No. I don't know if that's necessarily no. <laughs> cheating. I mean, Duff came up with the questions. Oh, okay. Duff came up with the All answers. Right. All right. Question number two. Duff, you're going to have to weigh in on this, I'm sure. Question number two. <laughs> name four insectile kaiju. Camacharis, Mothra, Kamunga. Oh, insectile. Does that count? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, Antler? Can you go? Can you go? I'm, you track? know what? I'm going to accept it because he didn't say Godzilla. All right. Oh, wow. Oh, Good job. You could have also gone with Batra or Legion. Legion yeah. Or, yeah, oh, man. I'm sure there are probably more, too. Okay. So uh, Dave is in the lead. Ooh. Darn it. Also, that you could have gone with uh, Megalon or Megagyrus. Oh, sure. Megagyrus or yeah. Meganulons. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, question number three. Name four Toho alien races. Meaning they have to be from outer space. Zillions. Okay. Planet X people. Yeah. Uh, the Keylocks. Okay, that's two. The cockroach people from Godzilla. Yeah, see, I can't Gagan. name them. Yeah, that's, that's it. And the ape people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you gotta do, you, yeah, on a personal note, have to do better than just uh, and I would, people. Uh, that would have been my answer. That is I would have accepted that, that unex- from you, but See, not, yeah, from, that is not unacceptable from Brian. For Brian. Is it people from Nebula Space Hunter M? That's the cockroach people. Yeah. Well, I knew that. Oh, <laughs> you're like how oh, I'm gonna turn it and be condescending now. Um, and then for the uh, the ape race is from a black hole. But yes, yes. Is that it? Yes, the, the black hole. Yes. Oh, wow. Third planet of the black good. hole. Yeah. yeah All right. 
So, Brian, you got that one. How about this? Instead of it being like a point-by-point point situation, Dave has one, Brian has one. And, and I have one. Rachel has one. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm cheating. I'm excited to have one. I remember getting my duff squarely kicked the last time that we, uh, we did this. Way back when, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like this. We're going to be using prices right rules. Huh? Okay. Oh my God. Rachel just perked up. <laughs> One dollar. I know. How tall is Dimagine? Uh, oh, okay. You can either go with meters or you can go with feet. So what we'll do is we'll go get an answer from each of you. Brian? 50 meters. Okay. Rachel? I'm going to go, um, 51 meters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> One meter. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go, Mm, 30 feet. Okay. Dave? <laughs> Price is right rule? Price is right rules. 31 feet. Okay. Oh, I think I'm going to lose. Wait, so you said 50 meters, right? And then they picked feet. <laughs> I know, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> well, the answer is actually 25 meters. So I think technically speaking... 50 meters. I think technically speaking, 50 meters is closer. Let's find out. But if it's price is right rules, if you go above, you lose. Oh, is that right? Yeah. See, I I need you here for this. (laughs) Yeah. So Dave won. Well done. Thank you very much. You won. (laughs) I'm going to show you out with one meter. Oh, see, that's interesting because I was actually going to say 80 feet. And, but 80 feet is more than 25 meters. It says 82 feet. Oh. Oh man! Oh, you would have been really close. Well, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Well, because you like, still won, but yeah. yeah. Well, there, there is right. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. There were yeah. five exactly. questions. Should we ask the final question? See, 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 bot mom. See, Just keep in mind, Duff asked this question, not me. Right. Okay. What year did Charles Barkley retire? Oh. oh. Uh, 1999. Sure, why not? I'm going to go 2002. I'm going to go, I don't care. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dave is the correct answer. <laughs> no, uh, it's 2000, actually, so it's sort of in between two. Oh. Yeah. All right. I see. Price is right rules. Brian gets that one. <laughs> no, because it's above, right? Because you went yeah, 1999. Went oh, I thought so he said that. Oh, oh. That is that is. All right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's all. That's what we're doing for pickle ginger. Good pickle times. ginger. Good you times. can also send in pickle ginger. We're way behind on that. I mean, I'm not telling you not to send pickle ginger in, listeners, we'll but uh, we'll catch up eventually. Yeah, Dad, that's gonna end end our segment here on Dikeyju discussion and pickle ginger. We don't have any news to cover. If you uh, want to hear some news, you should listen to the last episode that just went online recently. There are, I'm just going to go ahead and say catastrophic events. There are two events we're covering right now. Number one is Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and that is in March from the 11th, 12th, and 13th. And they're going to be having Kimpachiro Satsuma and Mizuho Yoshida, who played Godzilla in GMK and a whole bunch of other suit acting things. It's really kind of cool. He's coming. I'm really looking forward to talking to him. And then the second event is Monster Palooza. And that's going to be held in Pasadena, California. They're going to be bringing Haruo Nakajima. Oh, you guys might not know this already. Instead of just Haruo Nakajima, they're also bringing in Showa-era suitmaker Keizo Murase oh. and Millennium-era suitmaker 
Shinichi Wakasa to wow. the convention as nice. guests. That's very awesome. Cool. That's very cool. Super cool. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to especially getting my book signed by Marase, but hopefully interviewing them as well. Hopefully there will be some more events coming up soon, but for the moment, that is what's going on. I'll have links in the show notes to both of those shows. And I think we're going to actually wrap it up. The only thing I wanted to do is talk very briefly about the emergency broadcast that is coming up very, very, very soon. January 31st, Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific, which is Eastern time. That would be 5 p.m. Uh, and then Central would be 4 p.m. Mountain would be or er, yeah, Mountain would be 3 p.m. <laughs> yes. And so uh, if you are interested in the Kaiju cast and you have never listened to the emergency broadcast live, what are you doing? You've got to get involved in this. We are going to be having live broadcasting happening where anything can happen. Yeah. Oh. And, no. and kind of has boy, in the past. Boy, boy. Uh, <laughs> We're going to have a chat room for the listeners. We're going to be asking trivia questions and giving away prize packs. If you'd like to enter in some special giveaways that we're going to be doing, some drawings during the emergency broadcast, and you live in the continental United States, please send an email to emergencygiveaway at kaijucast.com with your name, email address, and your address to be included in the drawings. We'll be picking names out of a hat just like we did last year. And the email address is emergencygiveaway at kaijucast.com. Nice job, teammate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to go ahead and close out the show. If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcatcher, make sure you point your web browser to kaijucast.com to see everything that we're all about. We have all of our episodes there. We have the Daikaiju discussion schedule there. You know what we ought to do as a goal for the emergency broadcast? We ought to like actually hammer out what the next, like, 12 months of movies are going to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, not on the show. We should oh. hammer it out beforehand and then announce it on the show. Yeah. And then I will, of course, update the Daikaiju discussion schedule. But we also have a contact form, links to all our social media, and, of course, anything we've ever done for the Kaiju cast. Uh, we do have some commentaries. I was hoping to get a commentary done in 2015. It just was not in the cards. But we will be back for another episode very soon, and that episode is the Emergency Broadcast. It's going to be a ton of fun, and make sure you get involved, people. Oh, you know what else we need your help with, listeners? Share it. Put that on your Facebook. Put that on your Twitter. Put that on your Tumblr. Share the information. Get as many people listening to this podcast, this live podcast. But I mean the podcast, too. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. But the live broadcast is going to be a big deal, and we want as many people to hear it as possible. And, you know, the more people we reach, the better prizes we can give away every year. And, God, we give away some really awesome stuff. So uh, we're going to go ahead and close the show out with one final song. You know what? I'm going to dial it back all the way to uh, 1965. We're going to end this episode with the moon's Gamera. We'll see you very soon for another very special episode, Jamata.
because Will wanted to hear In the Jungle by Alexandre Desplat from Godzilla. 2014. Is it like the legendary Welcome movie. to the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's better. <laughs> I should have just played that. Wow. We know we There we go. I do not have the vocal range for that song. I don't even know why I tried. All right, let me say, let me say that again. <laughs> 